You're about to listen to episode 49 of Women Who Kill. This is Kai. If you're enjoying the show so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. If you want to support with your dollars, stop by patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the women who Illuminati. Get free things. Access to bonus content. Very much worth it. Our guest today, very funny writer, Laura Zack. Hi, Kai. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, psyched on this. Been deep, deep, dark in this world this last uh, few days. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can say this every episode. This one is crazy. But I think that every time, no matter how many <laughs> of these I go through. Oh. Yeah, Diane. Um, Diane Downs. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> preemptively. Um, do you ever wonder if the the perpetrators that you talk about on this show, the ones that are still living and especially the ones that are- Google themselves? Incarcerated, if they listen to this? I, I hope they do. Because honestly, if any were to, I feel like Diane is one who would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a, a couple who were like severe narcissists and also good at manipulating people. And I'm like, yeah, they probably got a phone from someone to Google themselves. But you've never had anyone make contact with you? No, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a- assuming that they will never get out. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't want someone to not be flattered by their portrayal and then... uh have a vendetta against me, you know? For sure. But I mean, we'll get into it, but I do feel like from what I witnessed of Diane and her um, delight in press and having like her own story and her own words, uh-huh. I feel like she absolutely seems like someone who would be keeping tabs mm. on what the kids are saying. By the kids, I mean the internet. Well, if anyone is ever, if anyone ever contacts me and they're like, hey, you talked about me on your show. If you don't end this podcast now, you're going to die. I'd be like, bye, guys. <laughs> I don't think it would be like that. I think it would be like, <laughs> hey, the episode. you talked to me on my show, and here's beat by beat what you got wrong and why. Oh, you know? yeah. I would be like, can, can I record this? Exactly. That'd be great. You want, you want, a, you, you want a Patreon feature? So uh, what's up, Diane, if you're listening? We're about <laughs> to tell your story in our own words. Yeah, and if you want to come on the show, I'll have you on the show if you want to tell your story. I mean, obviously not in studio. <laughs> yeah, not in the in-home studio. Yeah, not, not in the flesh, in person. I'll have you on remotely. And it's not because I don't trust you. It's because I'm scared of you. Now, <laughs> Diane Downs was born on August 7th. 1955. A Leo. A Leo? What, is, what does that make her? What, what is, uh, what's that means that she is, I mean, this is a very overly simplistic astrology. Are you big in astrology? I am. I, like, not in, a, not in the sense that, like, I am terribly knowledgeable, but uh-huh. I, yeah, have been a, um, yeah, enthusiastic consumer of astrology okay. ever since I was a young person because my mom was really into it. Oh, really? Yeah. So Leos are like one of the more like standard traits is that they're really into attention. Oh. <laughs> into, you know, think of like the lion, the, the the hair, the like really, you know, proud and really loving to be the center of attention. Uh-huh. So, you know, that tracks. Well, not to skip forward too far, but in the most popular movie version of her life, she was played by Farrah Fawcett. None other than the lioness herself. <laughs> Speaking of great hair, uh-huh. 
I don't know if Farrah Fawcett's a Leo. What? But a, what an honor. I mean, truly, that I'm. I'm just picturing Diane like finding out that news uh-huh. from jail and just kind of like holding her head a little bit higher that day. It's like if Ted Bundy were alive to see Zac Efron play his ugly ass <laughs> on Netflix. That's so real. Wait, now I'm now I'm gotta look up a Farrah Fawcett's Leo. Okay. Oh no! In fact, she is an Aquarius like me, and her birthday is one day before mine. I'm a Capricorn Aquarius. Oh, so am I. What's your birthday? I'm February 3rd. Oh, January 19th. Well, so wait, are you, is your moon Aquarius? Oh, I don't know any of that shit. Okay, so my, I'm, my sun and my moon are Aquarius, and then my rising is Capricorn. So the the sign that's like second most impactful or influential in your um, chart is your rising sign. Mm. I'll look up, do you know what time you were born? No. Okay. Anyway, if you find that, I can look up your chart and tell okay. you these things. Okay. I'll, look, I'll look it up after. Anyway, Farrah Fawcett being an Aquarius just made me very excited. So uh-huh. anyway, off topic. <laughs> so Diana was born in Phoenix. Her parents were named Wesley and Willa Dean. And allegedly, her dad abused her. She says when she was 12. I never like to say, did he though? Uh, but a, a lot of times with these killers... It's it's like, are you did you just say that because it would make you a more sympathetic character being a murderer? Or right. Or did or, it inform your murderous? Yeah, I feel I feel like, yeah, that that's always, I think, a, a hard um, distinction. But I do think it makes sense that someone who had experienced a lot of trauma would be more potentially more inclined to especially in this case where it really felt like in part fueled by perhaps some sociopathy but then also by a feeling of like being stuck in her situation as Mm -hmm. a mother I I would buy it although I do I do it is interesting that like I feel like with a lot of male serial killers you always hear about their relationship with their mother first yeah and then have you found on this podcast that there's a lot of, uh, like, the father comes up in a lot of these bios. Actually, yeah. A, yeah. Lot, a lot of abuse by male relatives. Mm-hmm. Diane, when she was in high school. Met she, her man. She met the love of her life, Steve. Good old Steve. Steve. <laughs> didn't, didn't everyone in the 50s, in the, in the 60s, have, have a, a love of their life named Steve? Every white person. Probably Possibly. every non-white person too. I should know? ask my mom, like, yeah. who was your Steve? <laughs> who was your Steve? <laughs> he probably he had he had good hair, probably. For my mom, it Sideburns. was uh, it was uh, Dave and Mike. Oh, yeah. No, no Steve though that I know of. <laughs> That's so funny. Or is that your mom's two two husbands? No, just she just has the one husband. Just one. But she dated a David. Okay. And Mike is the Mike is your dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. He sure is. Oh, huh. does he go by Michael now? Uh, he, I think he's pretty much always gone by Michael, but I think like he, I really didn't mean to make so much of this about astrology, but he (laughs) is a Gemini and he does have like the twin person, the two personalities, which is the stereotype of Gemini's, the Uh twins and has like, there's a name for each of his personalities. There's Michael and there's Wally. Wally? Yeah. Is that a nickname for Mike? My, my full last name is Walrazak. It's oh. a long Polish name, so I abbreviated it to Zach for okay. the industry. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I never knew that. It's a long Polish name, yeah. So, she met him. They, uh, they had a relationship uh, that resulted in... Marriage and children? Yeah. 
But before that, she graduated high school, went to Bible college in Orange, California. Okay. okay. And uh, got expelled because uh, apparently at Bible colleges, they can expel you for being a hoe. So I saw that it was talking about promiscuous behavior, but I feel like... I think they sign sort of code of conduct at religious schools that you have to follow. And But I mean, I wonder what that even means. Right? Like it I may mean, have, I know it what it have, means. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I feel like at Bible college, though, it could uh-huh. have been like you were caught making out. Uh-huh. You know? Right. So she ran away from home, 1973, 18 years old. Yes, she had just graduated high school. Because uh, she needs to get married to Steve. And uh, they're pregnant, obviously. Well, she's pregnant. They have their first kid a year later, 1974. Christy. Christy Ann, yeah. And two years later, they have another kid, Cheryl Lynn. And then they have a third kid. Three uh, years after that. Three, yeah, the same year my brother was born, 1979. And... I actually did not know this fact till just now. Stephen Daniel? Yeah, that there was question about his uh, paternity, right. about whether Steve, Steve number one, was his dad, and that uh, informed their divorce. Yeah. Diane didn't really try to hide the fact that she was flirting with and like sleeping with her coworkers. At the Postal Service? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. She got a job at the Postal Service after she got married, and her... Dad was also a letter carrier when she was growing up. Huh. Interesting. Her abusive father. Right. Now, I don't know if uh, if it's easier to get a job at the oh, postal service. Oh, your dog wants to make out. Oh, she wants to make out. See? That's what she, she goes right wow. for the mouth. She waits, she waits until I didn't care anymore. Yeah. And then she's like, remember me? <laughs> it's Just me, Mickey. Silently. She's like this all the time, 24-7. <laughs> Okay. So the shootings, yeah. Oh, I guess we're going to go right into that. Well, there was um, some reports, with I, which I think maybe emerged during the trial or in the aftermath of her crime, that there was some evidence that she was being abusive to her children. Right. When she got divorced, she became a single mom. Mm-hmm. And at this point, neighbors started noticing, and some complaining, even though the complaints never went anywhere, that... Her kids uh, were often dirty uh, at school. Teachers noticed that the kids seemed hungry. They were poorly dressed. They were poorly groomed. And Cheryl Lynn, the middle daughter, it is said, had told a neighbor of her grandparents that her mom scared her, that she was afraid of her. It's really sad. And that never went anywhere. So until May 19th. 1983. Taking a drive, as you do, at 9 p.m. to go sightseeing, you know, because you can see so much Mm -hmm. in the darkness of a 9 p.m. evening. Uh, Supposedly, they had left a friend's house, and um, the story, as told by Diane, is that they were driving home, and she decided to take a new back road, just a thing she liked to do. Right. And uh, she was stopped by a shaggy-haired stranger. A, a shaggy-haired stranger. The shaggy-haired stranger. That that really sticks out in your mind. It's very, like, strong visual. I also think it's something you say when you want to be as ambiguous as possible, 
because shaggy hair can be any race of person. This is true. And I feel like that was of the of the moment. Like I feel like the eighties there were a lot of men with shaggy hair dudes. Yeah. 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 And um supposedly this man stopped her, flagged her down, seemed to be in duress. She gets out of the car, she says, and says, Hey there, mister, what do you want? And he says, I want your car. And then she says, you got to be kidding me (laughs) (laughs) with that exact tone. And then she fakes like she's throwing her keys. And this guy shoot, takes out a gun and shoots her three kids. Right. Cheryl's in the front seat. And then uh, Christy and Danny are in the back. Shoots all of the kids multiple times. And and then Diane is lucky enough to get away with just a graze to the arm. Yeah, just one shot to the arm, and then she, by her own telling, uh, books it to the nearest hospital. Right. As soon as she gets to the hospital, the, is it the youngest daughter? Cheryl, the middle daughter who was in the passenger seat, was uh, dead upon arrival. Now, this is the same daughter who had warned people Mm -hmm. about her mom. The boy was shot several times and was upon arrival, uh, paralyzed Mm -hmm. from the waist down. And the other daughter clinging to life. Yeah. And uh, unconscious, fully unconscious state. So the kids go into surgery immediately. And the first thing that Diane wants to do is call her boyfriend, who's not really her boyfriend. Not really her boyfriend? What you mean he's married to another woman? He's married to another woman, and so, he's so he, moved to a different state. Oh, it's like that. I, I missed that part. So he was trying. He, he had been trying to break it off. Yes. Okay. He's like, Dan- Diane, sweetie, this is, uh, it's, not, it's not me, it's you type thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so she, she wants to call him, and they think that's weird that, you know, you don't want to call your parents or also she was notably not not emotional and i think not and i'm sure like if someone at a hospital is taking issue with the way that someone is emotionally responding i feel like that's a pretty sure sign that something's up because i'm sure they they've see, seen it all yeah like people go into shock they aren't necessarily i feel like there are plenty of very normal ways to emotionally respond that are not like histrionics right um so the fact that they you know were really thrown by like how just kind of blank she was right and then in addition um called her her boyfriend to basically let him know that honey um my kids might be dead (laughs) and the reason that is significant is because as was revealed in the trial he uh, presumably part of the reason that he did not want to uh, pursue things with her is that he didn't want kids or to be responsible for kids. And he was scared of her. Oh, is that so? Several times that he tried to break up with her, he said she became violent with him. Oh, Diane. And, well, we'll get to this other reason fun fact. later. This other fun fact. Yes. Now, the kids pull through somehow. The, the two kids were still alive upon arrival at the hospital. When she was alerted that her kids were going to survive, hospital staff noticed that she didn't seem excited about it. Mm, pretty Which, normal. That's pretty know, normal stuff. If a stranger tried to kill your entire family and then they pulled through, you, you, would, you would maybe be like, oh, 
good. You'd be like neutral, at least a neutral good. <laughs> like if we're talking about, you know, like the D and D. Wow, that's rank. great. Yeah. <laughs> I wow, don't even think she used those words. I feel a little bit better than just normal about that. <laughs> uh huh. So, all of these, all of these factors came together to make authorities suspicious. Nonetheless, they were immediately on the lookout for a bushy-haired man. The shaggy-haired stranger. In 1983. Also, I, f- I do feel like, especially since this was prior to, was it Andrea Yates, the, the, right. the mom who uh, drowned her kids in the bathtub, and prior to a lot of more like sensationalized trials about mothers killing their children, like I do think this was a little bit more of an innocent time in this regard where I, I feel like today, if this same scenario happened, she immediately would immediately, right. like regardless of what she said happened. Because there's so much it, precedent. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't get into like a whole analysis of what's wrong with us today right. and our collective mental health and psyche. But yeah, it felt like she was able to get away with, with her own narrative and actually being more believed than maybe she ever would ever be again. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be asking, well, why didn't the kids say something? Uh, they couldn't. The, the youngest son was, was too young. He was like three. The daughter who survived had several strokes and at this point in time was not even able to speak, So, which her mom probably f- felt like she lucked out. Right. Oh, should I mention? We should mention. In 1981... Diane got paid $10,000 to carry a child to term as a surrogate. Yeah, I saw that today when I was doing the last little bit of research because I think she had given birth to the the child like less than a year before right. this crime. So there had been a lot of... The same year that she also got a job uh, as a letter carrier. That was a big year for her career, for her income. <laughs> right. <laughs> But still, her kids were, were walking around dirty when she has $10,000 in 1983 money. It was at this time that she met Nick, who is the man who she tried to call from the hospital. Uh, Nick wanted to leave his wife at first because I'm sure he loved how passionate yeah, Diane was about their relationship. And eventually, he felt like she was too much. Uh, and also that he still loved his wife. And, uh, also, JK, JK. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this other thing I got going on, Diane. <laughs> and uh, also uh, that, oh, yeah, now that I've seen how, how much you love being pregnant, because she actually really loved being pregnant, that's not what I want. And uh, That's not what you want? <laughs> you personally? Are you playing Nick uh, right I'm now? I'm playing Nick. Okay. Now, I mean, I, I as well never want to be pregnant. Or have a baby with a crazy person. So that's when uh, Diane moves back to Oregon, leaves Nick in uh, California, or is it Arizona? Yeah, I think she was in Arizona prior. And Knickerbocker is his last name. Nick? Right. Well, his name was Robert. Oh, But but Nick was his nickname. I was so concerned for a second. I was like, hold on. The real story here (laughs) is this man's name was Nick Knickerbocker. Uh Well, and she had threatened Nick with killing his wife. Right. Yeah, that was part of like the the violence of of her of her threat, and then in the immediate aftermath of the killing of her one of her child and the attempted killing of her other two, when she was still in, she was sort of had this window of time where 
she was not a suspect. That, yeah, that window of time where like at least the cops were letting her believe that she was innocent and she really used her 15 minutes. She really went for it. Like did so many interviews, they're still all available on YouTube of, you know, telling her side of the story and and in those interviews even there's something so incredibly strange about her affect. Mm-hmm. Very emotionless. Very defensive, but not defensive in an emotional way. Just just sort of like, don't you think if I wanted to kill my kids, I wouldn't have brought them to the hospital? I would have get, gotten rid of the bodies and I would have, you know, done this better and not brought Made sure del- they were dead. Yeah, like not delivered them to then report against me. Like, yeah. why would I have done that? That would have been ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it really felt like it was the this attention that she was after. So they're looking for quote unquote the real killer. She's given interviews to anyone who will listen, and the details change in each interview. Right. Tiny, important details. The only reason she ever becomes a suspect, well, a couple reasons, but the main reason is because of how much she talks. Mm -hmm. She won't stop talking, and she doesn't know how to keep her story straight. Now, she said that she was shot through the driver's side, that everyone was shot through the driver's side window. But when police examined the vehicle, they didn't find any blood spatters or gunpowder residue on the inside or the outside of the driver's side door, Mm. which means she couldn't have possibly been shot. No one could have been shot through the window by a man outside of the car. So there's that. When they interviewed her husband, her ex-husband, he told them that one thing that influenced him wanting to get divorced, I mean, in addition to the cheating, was that he found out she had bought a gun that she never told him about, a twenty-two, which is the same caliber of weapon that shot all of the kids and shot Diane, and no murder weapon was ever found. Hmm. So when they searched her house, they found uh, unspent shell casings for a Hmm. And did you did you uh, see the video of the police footage of it was like less than 24 hours after the crime had happened and they were having her recreate what happened? No. Oh, my gosh. She has her cast on uh-huh. and she's telling the cop you know, what happened. And she's like laughing the whole time. And then at one point she's like, and then I said, (laughs) you know, and she like, she's like, and then I, I faked throwing the keys. Here I am throwing the keys. And then she gets back in the car and she like bumps her cast. And then she's like, oh, starts laughing about how much it hurts that she, and it's just wild. She's so excited to be on TV. She can't contain herself. She can't even start to act in a way that's going to protect her from being found out. Yeah. Like she's just too like stoked on this on this attention. She also had a diary. Now, why do murderers always keep diaries? I mean, my initial Because instinct... they didn't go to therapy. <laughs> it was yeah, the substitute. Or, or I think it's my initial instinct is it's connected to sort of the desire for immortality piece. Oh. Like the the perhaps like like really I mean I keep a journal so maybe this is revealing something about me but like you know kind of assigning I'm not saying that all 
journalers are murderers, just that I all murderers <laughs> keep journals. That'd be pretty dark for the for the paper industry if they realized they were just fueling a generation of for big journal. So big journal. <laughs> so she wrote extensively in her in her diary about how much she was obsessed with Robert and how much he didn't want kids. They also found a stuffed unicorn that she had purchased a few days before the kids were shot. And it had their names inscribed on it. The th- three names in the one unicorn? Yes. Okay, what, what do you make of that? I feel like it's not something that you would do for your children who are still alive. It might be something you do to make people think that you're sad your kids are dead. Oh, I just got an alert on this Wikipedia page about Diane Downs that it was edited 23 hours ago. By Diane? No, by Anonymous. Diane? Hey, Diane. Are you editing your Wikipedia Stop page? Stop Because I know. you had a feeling someone was going to talk about you on a you, podcast? Yeah, you. I know you've been on good behavior and you've been getting more computer time, but come on, <laughs> Diane. <laughs> so. Can you imagine if we could interview her right now? Uh, that would be funny. A man came forward during the investigation and also, I think more than one person came forward and said, oh, you know, I I saw her car on that day driving towards the hospital and it was going like five miles an hour. Yeah, not rushing. Yeah, she said that she broke naked to the fucking hospital. Uh, Clearly, she was lying. So all these lies piled up and all this time, uh, this is months are going by, and Christy still can't talk. But while she's hospitalized, there are instances where Diane enters her hospital, hospital like a room. scary, like in a scary movie. It is the horrific. Like you're you're trapped, you're immobilized, but you're conscious. And the person who tried to murder you walks in and is acting like they care about you, and so. What happened to her is what you would imagine would happen in the movie. The heart rate just spikes and then all of her vitals are starting to like go off the charts when she sees her mother. Right. And again, the investigator is like, huh, <laughs> that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why that could be. <laughs> um, so it took nine months for Diane to be arrested. After that seems like a long ass time. Nine months as a free woman, and uh, during this time, uh, let's just say she was getting busy. Got pregnant. <laughs> she picked a customer of her postal route. So she was still, um, she was still working at the post office. She was still time. working, yeah. Holy Apparently, uh, you know, the government jobs, they're practically impossible to get fired from. <laughs> so she picked a postal customer. She seduced him. She got pregnant. He probably felt like he was living in a porno. Yeah, exactly. I've got a special package. That's. I feel like before I had ever even seen a porno before as a child, that that was my idea of the porno. Uh-huh. I think I just thought that porno was exclusively people dressed up in postal uniforms showing up and saying, hey, I've got a special package or a special delivery and then having sex. Hey, mister, can you sign for this? Sure. You got a pen? Yeah. Close. Re- yeah. 
Yeah, reach for it. I don't know. I I don't write porno <laughs> scripts. Um, but maybe I should. <laughs> um, but can one- you tell me where your pen is? <laughs> oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one fun fact that is not directly related to this case, but definitely peripherally is, Mm -hmm. is the, the phrase going postal. Did that come from her? It didn't. It came from kind of series of incidences that happened a few years after her. In the nineties, right? In the late eighties and then early nineties of postal service workers shooting their managers and uh, no, this is before mass shooting. See, a long time ago, you guys, when someone got mad at their boss at work, they didn't kill everyone at work or even anyone sometimes, yeah. or they didn't shoot them all. Yeah, they were just sort of like uh, they took it out in other ways <laughs> that sometimes involved murder. But I thought it was interesting that I wonder if she at all contributed to the cumulative effect that led to this phrase oh. going postal. So perhaps. She was Started a trailblazer. It. Yeah. Diane had a feeling that her story wasn't holding water. And so she decides to meet with the cops. And she says, hey, guys, you know, I, I, I forget. I left something out of the story that I've been telling all this time. I think that the man who shot me and my kids might have been someone we knew. He was in he, the Beatles. Yes. Yeah. He he. <laughs> Called me by my name. Okay. Oh, great, Which, great film. Great film. Call me by your name. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it because I have a problem with um, the, the plot, uh, the, the premise. I have a, I have a, a problem White gaze. with the 30-year-old 30, 30 guy. Oh, that's fair. Dating a, a, a child, even though it was a different time. They, whatever. Uh, and Timothy Chalamet just... he. I, I actually don't trust women who are really attracted to him because... You don't trust them? No, because he looks like a child. I'm like, if you're an adult woman and you're like, Timothy Chalamet is dreamy, I'm like, you... But to be to- fair, a lot a lot of like butch women look like ch- children as well. You know, sometimes like it's hard to tell the difference I between a teen trust- boy... Heterosexual ladies. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Who are extremely attracted to Timothy Chalamet. Okay, that's and fair. And are in their 30s. Yeah, that's fair. It is a beautiful film, though. Maybe I'll watch it. Probably won't. <laughs> so, you know, just not even being associated, not not even being a detective, not being trained as a police officer, I would say that story doesn't hold up to me on its face because if this was someone you knew and he called you by your name, uh, you never mentioned he was wearing a mask. You saw his hair. So if you you saw his hair, you probably saw his face. Wouldn't you know if the person who is murdering your family? Yeah, that's a pretty huge detail you know? to leave out. Right. Both the mask and the knowing her name. Right. So I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back where they... they... And finding the casings in her house. Right. They yeah. were like, okay, this, this woman is clearly a fucking liar. So they arrested her. At this point, she's, uh, she's very pregnant. It's thought that she got pregnant on purpose because she had a feeling she was going to get arrested at some point. 
and strategic yeah she wanted to make herself seem like a more sympathetic character to a jury because no one wants to convict a pregnant lady no one wants to believe that a pregnant lady would be capable of harming or killing children right because if she wanted to get rid of her kids why would she immediately try to have another one right the trial started on may 10th 1984 uh, lasted for six weeks that feels pretty short for a murder trial. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there was so much evidence, so many witnesses. Most damning of all, <laughs> Christy woke up, and she had some yep. things to share. Yep. Christy finally wakes up. Her mom was probably like, fuck. She probably saw it on the news. Oh, yeah. She definitely she was probably not said, allowed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's probably like her catchphrase. <laughs> You gotta be kidding. <laughs> Still to this day, that's what I hear. Uh, they're like, Downs, time to shower. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. And then there's the, uh, there's like the canned audience <laughs> laughter, like the sitcom laughter. Uh, it's her, like Mary Kate and Ashley she's, Olsen. Like, she's in the shower. This three women pop up out of nowhere with shivs. <laughs> God, I'd be kidding me. <laughs> Wait, what was what was um Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's? You got catch- it, dude. You got it, dude. <laughs> wow, you really accessed that quickly. <laughs> so uh yeah, her- Yeah, so Diane Downs, if you're listening and if you do choose to reach out to Kai, oh, if we you can could write your please sitcom. if you could please make the subject line just be you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh my god, I would frame that. I'd print that email out and blow it up poster size and frame it and put it on my wall. I really um, hope that uh, this is not coming across as insensitive to her surviving children because obviously this is a very traumatic thing to go through. But also, your mother is batshit. And <laughs> oh, they know and they don't. Yeah. they don't like her either. So yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and I and I doubt that they Google. Yeah, I feel like they, I I hope that they have a healthier relationship to Google when it comes to their mother and this crime. And I hope that they do not listen to things like this talking about them. Oh, yeah, they absolutely um, have have put this behind them. Now, love that for them. Now, Christy wakes up, says, "Um, by the way, you guys are assholes because you should have known that my mom was the one who shot me when every time she come into the hospital room, my fucking heart would try to stop. Yeah, how many pop songs do there need to be about your heart not lying? For <laughs> maybe I'm confusing. I thought that was hips, hips. don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, telltale, telltale heart. I don't know. There's other cultural references. Like, what more do you need? Literally, her entire body yeah. was giving a very clear message, and You're then right. but they needed to hear it from her herself, and so she testified and said. Yeah, you dummies. <laughs> it was clearly my mom. And, and uh, yeah, so they were like, uh, "Do you do you see your shooter uh, in the in this courtroom today?" And she said, "Yes." And they said, "Who is it?" And she said, "My mom." And they were like, "Really?" And she said, "You got it, dude." <laughs> yeah, this was a crazy um, fun fact about <laughs> this case that I did not see coming is that. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were actually Christy. <laughs> or not even Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. It was um it was uh 
what's her what's the name of her character in uh, Full House? Michelle. Yeah, the 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 surprise twist of this case was is Michelle that, Tanner. Is that uh, Diane Downs was actually the mother of the Full House family? That's oh, that's where why the they moved went. to San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they were trying to get away. Now, <laughs> so uh, the funny thing is, uh, Diane's own lawyer, her own defense attorney, said that uh, yeah, uh, Diane is obsessed with this Nick guy, but good reason. Okay. Uh, he's really hot. Well, he's here's very this, dreamy. Here's his pick. <laughs> but also... Look, uh, dear jury. Incest. How could you say no to... What? Oh, God. You just really interrupted my joke with incest. <laughs> Come on, guy. <laughs> All right. Well, go on. Uh, her attorney, Jim Jagger, said uh, my client had an incestuous relationship with her dad, and uh, this is why she's uh, super promiscuous and was uh, had a very inappropriate emotional response to her children being uh, murdered and almost murdered. Yeah, and honestly, that is, um, on the one hand, a fair analysis. On the other hand, uh, unfortunately, this type of you know, sexual violence is incredibly prevalent in our culture, and especially women who were growing up in the era that she was. And Guess how many of them killed their children? Not many. Right. Probably just 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 the handful, including Diane. <laughs> just the handful. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's many, but like not that many. Okay, Diane. Yeah. Okay, Diane, defense lawyer. Now, Diane's dead uh, to this day. Uh, he's still alive? Yeah. And, oh. and he and he says, uh, never happened. The incest never well, happened. Well, of course he would say that. And also my daughter is innocent. What? Yeah, he he has a he has a uh, I don't know if it's still up, but he has a website where he was offering a hundred thousand dollars to anyone who could provide uh, information uh, that would exonerate her. That is a whole other level of dark. It's like he's trying to somehow overcompensate for his own abuse. Yeah. Holy shit. And like, can you imagine from her point of view? Like, I mean, I, I, I don't generally have a ton of empathy for her in this story but I do that's really intense to think about like if she genuinely believes and has convinced herself that she's innocent to have the only person who believes in you and be advocating strongly in that regard be your abuser Mm -hmm. that sucks did you find a video oh I, I found something interesting that we'll talk about in a second uh but uh well, she was found guilty of murder and attempted murder on all three charges and was sentenced plus to life. Plus 50. Life plus 50. I don't know what that means. I don't really understand uh, the sen- sentencing world either, but I, I, my assumption is that because of the way that it seems like appeals work and how life can a lot of times not actually mean life it can be like even 20 years i feel like the 50 is an extra kind of like obstacle to sort of give it a little buffer right like it you know in case of appeal although i did see that she had been up for potential like release but when she every time has gone up she's not shown any remorse Mm -hmm. and she's still maintained that she didn't do it which i think is working against her in terms of getting out and i saw though that 2020 is the next time that she's gonna be considered for release right now 
And she's 65 now. She's really not that old. She's 65 now. She gave birth to the the kid she was pregnant with. By the way, on the stand, she tried to use her pregnancy, of course, to say, uh, you know, I just, I just really love being pregnant. And the reason I got pregnant was because as soon as I lost these two kids, I thought, you know, I can't replace these kids, but I can replace how they make me feel. Oh. And it's so easy to get pregnant. Shudder. I mean, she that might be true. She might like being pregnant because it gets her attention, but she doesn't like the part after. Right. The part after that lasts for a very long time, if you're lucky. Now, she had that baby in prison, and it was taken away, put up for adoption. And then she, the, the little girl grew up with her adoptive family and was not... Um, ever told the name of her birth mother until when she was 16, she right. tricked someone into... Becky Becky Babcock. Good old Be- Becky, who, um, although Christy and Danny have been very private and have opted not to speak publicly, I think they've really tried to put this whole um, chapter of their personal trauma behind them. Right. Um, Rebecca, I think, had a lot of processing to do. Because uh, she had no idea. No, it was a surprise. She was 16. She tricked she, someone into finding out the name. Her babysitter. Her babysitter. And then she went to the library and uh, was like, hey, I heard um, I'm looking for a book written by this person. Can you can you find the book for me? Was it Anne's book, the true crime book, Small Sacrifices? Yes. And written by Anne Rule. Anne Rule. Okay. And uh, that's how she found out who her mom was and what her story was all about was with this book. And it destroyed her. That is awful. That's, a, became, that's a worst case scenario right, right? there. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was, she was super rebellious in school. She, uh, she developed a drug addiction, uh, moved out of her parents' house, dropped out. Started living with her boyfriend, couch surfing. And then she decided she wanted to, uh, well, she got pregnant. When she was 17. Sound familiar? Yeah, I mean, some uh, generational trauma there. Yeah. Some inherited. Now, when she got pregnant and had her kids, she realized that she didn't want to become her mom. So she turned her life around. 21. She, by 21, she got engaged. She got a job. Had another kid. Uh, and then uh, her and her baby daddy broke up she had to move to a homeless shelter because he was supporting them and Mm. that was when she reconciled with her parents put the baby up for adoption after her second kid got adopted she reached out to her mom to diane yeah yeah i think she wanted to know that she was a person and that she wasn't a monster and uh she was proven wrong They had a a relationship where they wrote letters, and the letters just started getting stranger and stranger, and uh, she realized that Diane is insane. She believes in all these crazy conspiracy theories about, uh, who knows if she actually believes it or if that's just a story she's trying to push, Uh, but she was convinced that she was going to get out and that she never did it, and she wanted wanted Becky to help her catch the person who really did it, and uh, at this point, she cut off her relationship with her and uh, then did a bunch of interviews. Got it all out of her system. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that Oprah yeah. interview. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, the craziest thing is when I first reached out to my mom, the, she wrote a letter back, and all it said was, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in crayon. Um, 
But now her other two kids mm-hmm. were actually adopted by the Prosecutor. prosecuting attorney and his wife. I think that's kind of sweet. Yeah. As long as they're nice people. I have no idea what type of people they are, but I well, the kids seem to be seem to be happy. Yeah, I mean, all I could glean of Christy and Danny now is through the interviews with Becky mm-hmm. that I watched, where she also had tried to reach out to her half sibling. They were like, siblings. "Nope." <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, have anything to do with that mess." No offense, uh, but uh... <laughs> yeah, you kind of like got here a little late. Like we had to actually live that, uh-huh. so right. we're we're good. Yeah. Yeah, but she said that they're doing well and they're well adjusted and just trying to live private lives, which total total respect to that. But uh, yeah, it seems like Becky might, you know, I think coming to it so late, she had a lot to kind of process and she needed right. to process it fairly publicly, it seems. Yes. Yeah. Now, 1987, a year after Diane was sentenced, she tried to escape. And she was in prison at this point? Yes. She remained escaped for 10 days. What? That's a long time to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was found uh, half a mile away from the prison, shacked up in a house with a group of men. Oh, oh my, Diane. Now, one of the guys in that house was interviewed years later and uh, was like, why'd you do it? And he said... To me, she wasn't Diane Downs. To me, she was just a lady at my door with no clothes on. <gasps> no. And he was on drugs, and I'm assuming she provided sexual favors to have a place to stay. Oh, my God. And uh, eventually, she was recognized, taken back to jail. I did not read that anecdote. Yeah, he felt bad about it later. He was like, I was on a lot of drugs, but obviously I wouldn't make that same decision now. <laughs> Man. Feel kind of shitty about it. <laughs> I wonder if that was his like rock bottom that got him sober. Uh-huh. Like he's sharing later and he's just like, yeah, I think for me I knew it was time to turn some shit around when uh, the lady who uh, shot her three kids... Uh, Showed up in my house and I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so later they transferred her to New Jersey where they were like, um, she's going to be less likely to try to escape because she doesn't know anyone in New Jersey. And I think she's in California now. Oh, she's back in California? Probably because she's so, she's so old. They're like, oh, she's not running. And she uh, earned her associate degree while in prison. In what, what uh, subject? Uh, this just says general studies. Interesting. Wait, actually, I'm not sure if she's still in California. It says that... Oh, she got an additional five years for escaping. So she got life plus 50 years plus five years. Oh, Chowchilla. She's Wait, that's in where the she is now? Valley State Prison for Women in Chowchilla, says, which is says, in California. But it says it, she transferred out when the facility was converted to an all-male institution in 2013. She transferred out of New Jersey? It says out of Chowchilla when oh, it became. Oh, really? Yeah. So where is she now? I'm just so curious. I don't know why I need to know that, but I kind of do. Maybe I, I'm really thinking you might get an email. Okay. She... Central. Oh, wait, no. Oh, okay. It, it's just a different, I guess there's a different prison in Chowchilla. Oh, okay. So there was a there was probably a, a co-ed facility. Yeah. That was 
changed to an all-male facility, and then they transferred all the women to their own facility. Also, P.S., she's now rocking some platinum blonde hair. Oh, is that a recent photo? It looks a lot more recent than, I mean, yeah, it looks, looks recent. Okay. The photo is dated 2018. Oh, okay. Oh, she doesn't look bad for someone who's been in prison for that long. Ooh, yeah. Now, she was denied parole twice for being unremorseful or even uh, not even willing to admit that she committed the crimes. So she's, she's a, a perf- eligible for parole again this year, and uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Now, I've gotta, I'm gonna put that on stickers, you guys. Yeah, I was about to say, you're gonna need some You've Gotta Be Kidding Me merch. <laughs> And it just has it just has keys. <laughs> and like that, you know, that retro font. Yeah, to, oh, oh, do I ever. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and you should get like, um, you know, what is it called? Sort of like the um, silk screen kind of simplified face image, sort of like yeah. the, the iconic Shea, Shea yeah. uh, picture. Uh-huh. But like of, wait, where's the photo that I see a lot of her? You know, she was on the first ever episode of Inside Edition. I did not. She gave an interview. Okay, this image with, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh, that again? (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, God. that's so funny. There is, yeah. You know, she kind of, when, in the 80s, she reminds me of Liz Fair. Do you know what Liz Fair looks like? She's a singer. Uh, I know what she sounds like, though. Yeah. Look up Liz Fair. I feel like she's got a similar kind of vibe to her. Or Twiggy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some Twiggy as well. Yeah. Every time you Google a woman, related searches their body or their feet. It's really too bad. Related searches. Liz Fair body. Why? It's attached to her head. It's, you'll see it. You'll see it. I found myself on WikiFeet. That was a dark Oh, yeah? Day. That's how you know you made it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I was pretty into it until I saw I was only an 8 out of 10. <laughs> out of 10? That's good. Yeah, I guess that's a solid B+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> how do you even get on? I don't think there are any pictures of my feet even exist. Well, honestly, I did not think any pictures of my feet existed <laughs> either because I'm not, like, thinking of that when I'm posting, like, pictures on Instagram. But uh-huh. anytime. That you happen to post something. I don't wear open-toed shoes in public. That's probably a good call. <laughs> That's probably the safe, the safe path. <laughs> Although, you know, as far as kinks go, I feel like it's a fairly harmless one. True. Like, they're not messing with me. They're, yeah. Yeah. But that eight, come on. And if you ever, if you ever fall in tough times, you can, you can sell those pics because you've got a nice resume behind it. <laughs> yeah, truly. Like, like, you might know me from. I'll just, it's just like the, the, the quotes that you put of like the reviews and it's just in quotes eight and then it's dash wikifeet.com. <laughs> That's so funny. You gotta add, you gotta use that as a credit. <laughs> put that on your, your, uh, your website. I will. Laura, thank you so much for coming oh out and gosh. talking about this. Thank you for having me for this pin, for the creation of a very important new, uh, tagline for your show. Yes. Now, you have your own podcast, right? I do, yeah. Uh, Brittany, Ashley, and I have a podcast called Angel on Top, and it's a 90s nostalgia rewatch podcast of the 
iconic show Angel starring David Boreanaz. It's so good, even though he's a fucking dickhead. Yeah, he's... Uh, now, he never does any Angel promotion. Like, the whole rest of the cast is super into it, and he's uh-huh. just, like, talks about a SEAL team. Um, no one watches that. No one has ever watched it. It seems to have many seasons, though, which is confusing. But um, it's uh, so Angel on Top is a sister podcast to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. which um, is Kristen Russo and Jenny Owen Young's podcast that follows Buffy spoiler free from the beginning. So, yeah, we're in our second season now and we're doing a Buffy prom in New York uh, in Buffy April. Prom? Yeah, th- so the the Buffering uh, show throws an annual uh, prom event. Okay. Uh, so this is the third one. So uh, we're going to fly out to join them for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And uh, where can people find you on the on the internet if they want to? Um, I am on Twitter at La underscore Wa, which now you know is because of my actual last name. So oh, I made I made that Twitter okay. handle before um, tw- changing my name to Zach. And then I'm on Instagram at Laura Zach. I have a website, laurazach.com. And yeah, try to try to keep. I try to keep it somewhat updated, but uh, you it know, could you use could a root. fine. Um, you do you know how to? Is your is the other handle still available? So there is another Laura Zach. Oh really? Who, um, so my Gmail is not Laura Zach at Gmail, but it's something close to that. Mm-hmm. And there is another Laura Zach who has that Twitter handle, oh, and ooh. she has Laura Zach at Gmail. And that bitch has accepted PayPal's. That have been sent ah. to her for me. How much money did in you error? Use? Um, honestly, it was just like um, payments for uh, journalistic pieces for like queer websites. So not a lot of money, <laughs> but at least fifty dollars. At least that, yeah. This bitch, right? Other Laura Zach, listen, Laura Zach, you need to give me that money and. When I saw that you took it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you just listened to episode 49 of Women Who Kill. Did you love it? If you didn't, you have terrible taste. Hey, if you want to send me an email or if you're Diane, you can reach out to me at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to find us on Twitter at wwkpod, on Instagram at wwkpod as well. And uh, spit in my mouth. Too much spit in my mouth. I was like, uh, spit in your mouth. Is that a <laughs> part of your outro? Okay. All right. That's a little weird, but whatever. It's very, uh, w- wait, what's the lesbian films? Oh. Where they spit in di- each other's uh, mouths. Disobedience? Yeah, it's very disobedience of you. She hawked that loogie, too. It was. I actually didn't see it. I've just heard a lot about it. Saw it on a big screen. Just a big glob. Ugh. That was. It turned my stomach. No, thank you. I, not my, I'm not into. Not my I'm not into. Yeah, sex bit. Please um, uh, keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Back to your outro. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, what subscribing does, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, every time a new episode drops, you don't have to search for it. Your phone automatically downloads it. Makes everything easier on everyone. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>